Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from their front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 30 of the Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. And today we've got a special occasion for you, because today is our first ever interview. We have with us here the Spun Paranormal Research Group and they are the Supernatural Paranormal Unexplained Network. They are, as they say, the firefighters of the paranormal world and they're prepared to run into buildings where others run out. They're a not-for-profit voluntary organisation and they conduct research into claims of the supernatural, hauntings, ghosts, ufology and other unexplained phenomena. They currently work in Wales and the southwest of England. So from the Spun Paranormal Research Group, please give a weird, wacky, wonderful welcome to Drew, Noel and Navarre. Hello. Hi there. Hey. How are you doing, guys? All right? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, thank you for coming along. Really do appreciate it. I can't believe we've got paranormal investigators actually in the house well, and we I, haven't called you. I didn't, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was only in the movies. Yeah, well, it is actually true. These guys do actually exist. They are sat in front of us. We're not looking at some apparitions. They, I touched one of them earlier and it, it felt real. <laughs> it did. It felt very real. Yeah, all right, don't go. <laughs> oh, it's already taken a turn for that way, is it? We just, yeah, we just left our proton packs at home, so... Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Didn't, you didn't bring anything. No. Darn. Sorry. <laughs> That's one of the questions, actually, that we got in from the listeners, because as you know, we did ask listeners for some questions, and one of the questions, getting straight into it, was... What yes, kind we of do cross the streams. You do cross the streams. <laughs> Quite violently, am I? Yeah. Really? Are, are, we, are we talking about the proton packs now or something else? <laughs> what, um, what kind of equipment do you take with you on these, these kind of... I'll ask you, Drew. What uh, stuff do you take? Uh, we start with the base six then. Um, obviously, torches, notepads, pens, um, digital voice recorders, uh, digital cameras, uh, camcorders... Uh, night vision equipment, infrared lights, uh, torches again, infrared torches, illuminators. We have just created a SLS, which is a structured light sensor. Basically, that is the camera of the top of an Xbox, which we converted and plugged into a laptop. And that but enabled... Like, like the Kinect thing Yes. Or yeah. So using the camera of that and a sensor, if you were able to stand in front of it now, just by changing one of the settings, it does appear, show us as stick men. So if you'd move our arms, our arms would move on, on the screen. So the theory behind that is, if it's in the room on its own, pointing towards an object, and nobody else is in that room, and a stick man appears, what's causing that stick man to appear? It's, it's one of the things that we use to obviously gather evidence. Another thing we, we use is uh, a REM pod. Now that is like a, a cylindrical device with an aerial on top, an antenna on top, with um, three, four lights. And again, that antenna emits its own magnetic field. You can change the settings and that's whether it's a foot or two foot apart. And the theory again is, if something comes near or, or dist- distracts that electromagnetic field, then the lights would set off. Now that can be used again to communicate with spirits or, right. or apparitions. So if you were to ask a question, is anybody in this room? Could you please light up one or two lights? And if they're willing to communicate or correspond, then they should do that. Also, we've got light motion sensors. Yep. So obviously, if something crosses the, the infrared, so like the, the light, yeah, the light would come on. Okay. We've also got sound sensors as well, 
which are rather European if they go off. Um, laser grid pens. So basically it's a pen. You, you twist the top of the pen and a, a net would appear then, for, for example, on a wall. So theory is if something comes across that, then it'll cast a shadow and it'll break the net. So wow. it's, it's all, all, it's all little cool. things, you know. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, what we are looking at getting is a thermal imager. We haven't got one yet, but that's in our list of to get. So it shows like red and correct. The, yeah, right. Okay. So what the police use on the helicopters. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's it, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. same as the fire brigade. They use them to search burning buildings just in case or looking for a heat signature. Then it's the same sort of thing. You know, guys go around in the darkness, pick up a heat signature. There's nothing there. What's causing that heat signature? Is it usually heat or is it cold or is it both? No one. It can be both. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Because it's always cold. But well, you'll still cold see spots. that, even though it's the thermal imaging will show something cold as well it's, as something hot. It's just yeah, yeah. heat signatures. Yeah. So obviously, right. you know, you've you got your base signature. Then obviously, if you put your hand in front of it, it's going to show towards the top end of the chart. But then if there's something, cold spots or whatever, that will also pick up. You know, it, it could be there one second as, you, as you're going past. And then, and it, oh, what's that? You go back that area, it's gone. Hmm. What's causing that? So you're after one of those. So if yeah, any listeners out there have got one going cheap or spare... Or donate to them. These guys could do with it. <laughs> and, and actually, before we go on to, to that, I do want to make that clear. Navar, am I right in saying you guys don't even charge for going to someone's property? No, that's right. No, we, we, yeah, we don't charge. Yeah. So you're doing it not for profit. Not for profit. You're going out <clears throat> to people's house for nothing at all. No, because we do not charge. See, there, there are lots of... I don't want to say fakes or whatever out there because that's that's not fair necessarily to everyone and and i think that this genre if you like is already putting up with so much it bad is. Rep. exactly bad rep constantly because people either don't understand or they're being faced with people who are just out to make a oh, quick yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. a quick bit of money um and and make i think serious people like yourselves look bad so the fact that you guys are actually prepared to go out to people's properties obviously within a geographical area but you're happy to go out there spend your time you all you all work so this is your spare time that you could have with your families you're going out there you're trying to investigate it seriously and that that's another thing is that there's so many places where and i've seen them people go out and they do investigations but they're just after the adrenaline high and they're not really looking at it seriously but you guys are collating evidence you're researching that evidence and you're then going back to your clients with answers as far as you can. Yeah, we show the findings. We, we try to include, well, we do include them, the clients, in the investigation as much as possible. I mean, for example, if something was to fall off a bedside unit onto the floor, we're not going to jump up to conclusions, oh, it's a ghost, you know? Mm, yeah. We're going to go and try to uh, replicate that incident. What caused it? Was it one of us walking past mm. and the wind, the breeze caught it? Was it a loose floorboard underneath the unit that made it fall off? We, t- we try to eliminate as much as we can. I'd like some of those TV shows. Yeah, and, yeah. and debunk the situation. <clears throat> if we can't explain it, then we make a note of it. Well, we make a note of all findings, regardless of whether it's explainable or non-explainable. And then we go back and... Like I said, we re- research, go through it, we get back to the client and say, look, these are the findings. And then, yes, there's something here, but you don't need to worry about it. 
oh yes, there's something here. We'll seek further help from somebody because obviously we can't do cleansings ourselves. You know, we're not licensed to. I mean, we could do it. We could botch it. We could make things worse. Yeah, make and we don't want to be doing that. Exactly. Oh, and this is what I mean. Stuff. This is something and this is what I mean you guys are taking it seriously which which I think is refreshing for this whole genre have you seen like when you've gone not 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 your personal experience because I did read a few uh, of those but have you gone and actually been you know scared by something and just were like oh I, I want to go now or yeah. go on, go on, yes a few years ago I was as a hotel up in Ebervale it's not there no more it's burnt down but I was up on the fourth floor, right at the back on my own, doing a little seance myself for the camera. And I got my head back against the wall, sat on the bed, and I got hit in the back of the head really hard. Mm. I've never ran so fast in all my life. <laughs> to never be honest, head with a lot of F words yeah, yeah. involved. You yeah. Feel free to use them on here, <laughs> because we, we do have carry an explicit rating, so if you need yeah. to... To be honest, I think, as a group, if we were all to encounter something that was rather hair-raising and scary, I think we'd replicate the scene from Ghostbusters 1 in the library. I think we'd, yeah. I think we'd all be out of there in the shop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> screaming, you know? it, it's interesting, though, because I don't mean to badmouth other groups, but you know, like most haunted, I stopped watching that years ago because, yes. in my opinion, it's just not credible whatsoever. And these guys, on every single visit that they make to somewhere, yeah. they have everything happening, which yeah. it just doesn't happen. I know that. And, and I know that sometimes guys like yourselves will sit in a location for days, weeks maybe, before they even before they get any kind of results. I mean, Drew was, uh, he was, and I think it was either you or Andy, that was basically, after getting the voice recordings and everything, and also the, the footages, you know, they, they took that time. How long did it take oh, to I spent, all that? Uh, our first investigation was on a Thursday night. Yeah. And the following day, I, find, I found out that that Thursday was actually National Paranormal Day. Really? Yeah, I, we didn't know beforehand, but that was our first investigation. Um, the following day, because obviously we've all got families, but yeah. later on that evening, I probably spent about ooh, between four and five hours solid just going through the, the voice recorders, the video footage... Um, the voice recorders come back clear, nothing at all whatsoever, bar us speaking, the resident speaking, uh, the odd floorboard a door going, which we could debunk by looking at the footage because it was us. Video footage, we, we found good evidence, um, which is backed up by two cameras, luckily enough, not just the one. I think I read that in the bio, in the pack, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's also on our social media site on Facebook. Yeah, check it out. And it's also on, I think it's on our Instagram site. Also, and, what, we, and what are your... Facebook and Instagram? Um, it's both, at Spun Paranormal, for the both. Right, okay. So it's at S-P-U-N Paranormal. Excellent. Well, we'll give those out again at the end of the at the end of the end show as well, so uh, your full web address yeah. and everything else. So that's, that's great. I'm going to move on to some questions, if that's okay, with, from some of our listeners yep. that have sent them in. I do want to say, first of all, if you do hear any noises coming over on the podcast, do apologise. It turns out that the people next door are actually having some work done at the minute. It's not Bella. As I say, oh, shell nice. the stuff. <laughs> That's nice, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be in a minute because I'm gonna beat you, and that's. I was gonna say it's not Bella this time. <laughs> you know when you go investigate something and you've got all your equipment, I've read about like where you put flour on the floor. Yes, that's correct. You yeah. can do, but it's a bit messy. 
Well, yeah, no, but I mean, that you would is... freak out. <laughs> you would absolutely freak I know, out. I'd be like, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Noel, you've been you've been doing this for a long time. I don't want to say you're an old hand at it because that's not very fair. Correct. Um, but what I mean, you must have some cracking stories to tell. Oh yeah, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, we'll start the now. Best, best one is. <laughs> yeah. The best one is the city of Edinburgh, Edinburgh vaults, like underground tunnels and things. Very interesting. So what did you do? Well, my son was about six years old at the time, and um, I felt somebody hold my hand like a child, and it's pitch black, and it felt like it was my son holding my hand, but it wasn't. The story is, well, there's a little boy that goes around. He died down there back in the day, and uh, he just come up and lashed himself onto me. Oh, that's quite sad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I got my torch down it straight away and there was nothing there. But I could still feel the hand. I could squeeze it. So so even though you were looking at it, you could... You could feel the hand, You yeah. could still feel the mm-hmm. hand. Jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be scary. That'd be f- Are you sure it was a hand? Oh, definitely. Cause you, could, you, could feel, you could feel the fingers. <laughs> All right. And, yeah, I'm glad it was no. a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Not something else. Some... Don't know with a group of people. That's a man. That's kind of worse. Is that a beanbag? Yeah. No. <laughs> So we have a few questions from our listeners and that. So this one is from Wayne in Cumbran. He says, do you think ghosts are entities of our dimension or are they alive in an alternate dimension that can come through to ours? Now, I'm pretty sure you've probably all got different ideas about this. Well, we have different views, yeah. First and foremost, I think we're touching on two separate subjects there. The paranormal realm and then the alternate dimensions. So I think there's two different subjects that Wayne from Cumbran has touched on. Do both exist? Maybe, probably. My personal theory, both our dimension and the alternate dimension could cross paths in the space-time continuum at some point. And when that, when that happens, maybe you get a glimpse of the alternate dimension. Could be a couple of minutes worth or seconds worth before it passes off again. But ghosts or apparitions, I believe, are from our dimension. They are remnants of the deceased. At the end of the day, the human body is a cell for the the soul or energy. So when the body passes on or passes away, where does that energy go? It's left behind somewhere. So I would have to say that ghosts are entities of our dimension as well as the paranormal realm. Okay, so Bella's giving the, the nod as if to say, told you so. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, because I, I think, you know, they teach you in school, yes. energy isn't created or destroyed, it's, it just changes. And so that's why I think there are ghosts and all that, because it, it doesn't disappear. It has to go somewhere. When you have a, a phone with you or something like that and you picking up uh, if something is there and all of a sudden your phone's gone from 100% down to 20%, it's because that energy is drained, that power from that, uh, that source. So this is, you're quite right. It is uh, it's, it's an energy. What, um, what, what about yourself, Noel? Uh, I agree with Drew, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying that the spirit is playing back something from... The past, or are you saying that the spirit can now interact? It, it all depends. Um, again, there's different... Um, each, each person's belief is different and, and, and whatnot. You're referring to residual hauntings, where something's happened in the past, same same date, further down the line, same atmosphere created. Um, it might play back 
that event over again. It's almost like the energy of that situation was almost imprinted on the walls yeah. or, or whatever, and it kind of comes to life when all of the factors meet and, yeah. and create that perfect storm again. Exactly. Like. Yeah, yeah it's, well, um, it's called the stone tape theory. That's right. Okay. It's believed that buildings and the bricks and things can store the energy and play it back over time. Yeah, there's one farm from Breck, and I think it's called Heol Fenog or Fanog, where something has happened. I think it's a poltergeist activity in the farm. And they did away with the farmhouse, but they took bricks from that building to build another building further down the road. Right. And, of course, activity carried on there. Really? And, and the theory was, because of whatever happened in the first farmhouse, and because they used the bricks from there, they believed they carried on then in the new house that they built, or new building Basically they moved the stone tape. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. Well, like as spirits, they do attach themselves to materialistic things, like for instance, dolls and things like that. Oh. Um, yeah, we did a we did a podcast on <laughs> yeah. on haunted objects. But that that's more of an extreme view, uh, a case uh, when it's not just your normal spirit. It's a similar theory to it attach. It has to attach something. It's like where the person died, maybe, and uh, they hold a very close attachment to that area. And because when a person dies, you carry those memories, the feelings, and everything that you've felt in your life and at that time, you carry it over into this realm, you know? So if you've left with bad guilt, if it's left in a very bad way, um, that person will be stuck in that frame of mind over and over Just again. Just replaying it over replaying and over it. again. It's like, and, and, they're trying to, and they're trying to fix it. You see, but they they just, as they say, like souls with unfinished business type thing, you know? Yeah, right. a lot of people believe that with residual hauntings, it's a result of a violent or mm. unhappy death. Yeah, like any death is happy. Exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you got your peaceful ones. Personally, I, I don't think, I think residual is, it doesn't have to be a violent or anything like that sort of death. I mean, if, if you were to walk the same route to work daily and, heaven forbid, something happened to you on that route, I mean, if, if the conditions are right, two years down the line, then somebody themselves walking that path might get a glimpse of you right. walking down a path. I mean, it doesn't have to be... So looking at the, the other side of Wayne's idea then, of it being from another dimension, there are some people, and I know Naval, this kind of plays into your field of expertise in, in terms of ufology, but a lot of people think that UFOs, aliens, etc., are maybe, rather than coming from another planet, maybe they're coming via another dimension. And in fact, we mentioned on our podcast last time, didn't we, that... Yeah, they've got their world kind of going parallel to ours. And maybe even they are us. Maybe they are us in future. If if I, I mentioned on the last podcast that at the moment the way things are, youngsters these days and and Bryce is a classic example up there is going to be sat at his computer at the minute now getting little to no physical exercise. I mean he's he's learning and he's you know his, his intellect is I mean straight A student. Mm. Don't get me wrong, okay, but. If you keep taking it, the trajectory that it's going at the moment with kids being more and more sort of static, if you like, will we end up with these thin spindly arms and legs with big eyes because we're used to looking at screens and big brains because we just do our thinking, we don't really do a lot of anything else. And so there's a school of thought that maybe aliens are another from another dimension coming to get maybe DNA from us to reseed part of their evolution that's been lost. Could it be that 
what we're seeing is if heaven exists, I know you're a, a religious man, but if heaven exists, then where is heaven? You know, is it a place or is it another dimension? And so are we seeing them cross through dimensions possibly? I know that's a big question, but I just wanted to do thoughts on that. Well, I'll try to do the best I can. See, a lot of the people, the way they think of aliens, they think of uh, your typical movies and uh, awesome spaceships and things like that. But I've been following... A I'd lot say of any spaceship is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, except when it does things to you. <laughs> but um, if you were to go to the other side of our galaxy, it'll be a different, complete different time. Yeah. yeah. You see? Well, it's like what we see in, in the sky is what was it 100 billion light years yeah. uh, but what we're seeing is 100 billion light years in the past right. so what we're seeing is that it's it's already it changed it's, it's already changed yeah exactly <laughs> i've never thought about it like that before that's, that's a cool idea so a lot of people kind of assume dimensions is more frequency related so the dimension that we're in at the minute is uh, is involved in the frequencies that we can see and perceive but another dimension is possibly on a different frequency. But what you're saying is, is that really, if you're looking at dimensions as time existing in two different places, not necessarily occupying the same space, which they think dimensions do, but you're talking about time gone by because it's so far away. So really, the aliens could still be us in the future, but because of the distance they've travelled, it's almost as if they're coming back in time because they've traveled so fast from that place. Exactly. It's bending time. So basically it's the theory that they've worked, that a lot of the scientists have worked out is that uh, you think the ship is moving, but it's actually not because it's bending the time. You see? It's blown my mind. You know? so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. People take a big risk these days coming out with things that maybe buck the trend, if you like, you know, especially if they're in government. And I think that because of that, there are... A whole load of really intelligent people, scientists, uh, doctors, government workers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that are not prepared necessarily to come forward with things they know through fear. Yeah, that um, Canadian defence minister back yeah. in 2009, he's, he's in Parliament, or they are Parliament, the room was full, officials, government officials, military officials, and there he was, papers in hand, with a microphone in front of him, and I think the speech was about nine or ten minutes long, and he... he declared there that there's nine species of aliens that he was aware of. He was dead serious about it too. And he wasn't sacked? Nope. No, no, because he was being re- he was in retirement. I think you find once they're out of their position, then they declare more. I mean, for example, Nick Pope, the, the British guy, declared yeah. a lot of stuff. And I mean, he's on Ancient Aliens, yeah, UFO yeah. Files. I think he's appeared on MUFON as well a couple of times. And, you know, he's discussing things Yeah, he writes openly. a book every week. Exactly. Yeah. You know? How do you personally square aliens and paranormal and all that with because you're a religious person yes oh, so. man you just stole my question i was gonna <laughs> ask you after. i think what bella's saying is that if you believe in ufos aliens how does that fit well the thing is you gotta think like you said you mentioned earlier about heaven there's planets are a si- the su- sizes of suns a lot of people think a lot of scientists say oh, it's a big bang gases things like that it's like but there's too much individuality. Everything's so tied in, paranormal, aliens. It, it is, it, we're all linked well, in I a crazy think, way. I think for what it's worth, and I'm just a podcaster, but I think for what it's worth that God, and I don't mean any offence because I've seen your muscles and I, I don't want to argue with you, <laughs> but, 
step outside. That's all right. I got Bella to protect me, and she's she's been she's been studying this stuff for I'm fucking trained. years, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> now, what, what I was gonna say is, I think God is an alien, and I've just lost however many subscribers there. But I think God is an alien. But what is an alien? An alien is someone who's not from here. Well, so it's if not God is it's not be from another country. Exactly. I mean, it's not an insult. Exactly. I'm not saying God's not God, but He could be. Um, Do you he, then yourself? Yeah. Believe in God? Um, oh, that's, that's a really big question. That. That's um, God. The interview's turned. I wasn't I ready. Know, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've got. Do you, you know what? I. Uh, Are you too I afraid kind to of, say yes? No, I, no. <laughs> I kind of do, and I kind of don't. But it's 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 along that God is an alien theory. I believe that God isn't one omnipresent. Why well, he's not person. human? He yeah. is. He is a being of great power. Exactly. Well, or beings he's one of, of the great, great power. Well, because I think my own opinion. I think God could be a collection of. Of a, a committee, think about committees, for instance, or governments. You know, you know, we've uh, like a lot of the um, like Egyptian side of things. There, what's the hieroglyphs or something? Like yeah. there's what, how many? How many is there's nine? There's nine. Ah, yes. Nine personages, yes. people. Well, not, I wouldn't say people, but don't quote me. I could be wrong uh, of how many, but I was, I was saying nine. That each country, in their way, China. Yeah, I know it's in Egypt, in the South Americas. All in their um, uh, yeah, transcripts and things like that. All their uh, it's got these nine beings. They all interlink with each other. Yeah, they all these nine beings, and they are indicated they are not from this world. So you're, t- you're talking about the Aztecs. Uh, yeah, the Aztecs, Aztecs yeah. and the Incas. The Incas. And, yeah. That's like this. how the pyramids line up. Yes. With the th- and yeah. then other places that yeah. have that. Yeah. I mean, uh, so th- these are all tied up, and uh, but you ask yourself, where are they now? Where where are these? They don't exactly show themselves like they did before. Hmm. Um, there's people that uh, well, they have theories that they're now just stepping back and watching. They're just observing of of, of what we're doing. So like why that. do and they come here then periodically to to set to to set things in motion? I guess um, mm. this is this is just uh, or speculation. Things maybe like well, yeah. they they they're us. From the future, mm. coming back from the right things. Actually, that's funny how you say that because uh, Dr. Greer actually mentioned uh, that the the aliens that he's talking about is that they're they're just observation mode. They're just observing, um, and they will not interfere uh, of what we're doing. But he says if it does come to it, and they actually see can see a full scale destruction of our own species, they will intervene. Yeah, there's a lot of people that believe in that theory, isn't there? That that they're here really to sort of almost guide us and make sure that we stay, you know. Well, I hope they got lots of people watching because there's all sorts of messed up stuff yeah, going on in it. this world. Right. Well, just so everyone knows, Noel is still with us. Okay, he's he is, been very yeah. quiet. I think he fell asleep. There. I think he fell asleep. I think he did. So, Noel, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct this question to you. So, you've you've been in this field for for quite a while. Eighteen years now. Eighteen years, right? Okay, I wasn't even born then. (laughs) You don't have to laugh so heartily. Um, Do you think that you've ever, have you ever investigated anything yourself whereby you've proved it to be a deliberate hoax? It was someone trying to maybe get attention? No, 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 not a a deliberate hoax, but I have debunked a lot of stuff. Okay. And mainly faulty electrics is one of the main causes. I'm reading, or we're reading a book at the minute, 
no, actually it was the one we read prior to this one, whereby they were talking about paranormal investigators and one of the first things they do is go into the house and they check where the heating is, where the boiler is, uh, what walls that's attached to, what directions the pipes run in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, where the electric box is. Uh, They will go and take sort of EMF readings around the electric box and and sort of eliminate that, use that as as a baseline, if you like, before they then collect any evidence and any evidence they do collect they can then take that information off is that the same kind of thing that you do oh yeah definitely yeah yeah and if it's very very highly electric you'll feel like a static charge on top of your head really but if you go into a haunted location with no electricity and you feel that explain that one yeah yeah and the the emf meters are going off do you think that any particular person is more likely to pick up on on things as certain people more sensitive and if so who? Yes, but what types of I've worked with a lot of mediums and they will tell you that everybody has a psychic ability. They just don't know how to use it. Mm. Um, I've experienced things myself, which I can't explain. So can you tell us about anything you've experienced yourself? Yes. Um, I was in Tratiga House doing an investigation. It was up in the servants' quarters. And we were working with these things called dowsing rods. All right, yeah. Uh, I'm a very big sceptic with these things. Okay. But no matter what happened whichever position I put them in, they would always cross at this one point in the room. And in my mind's eye, I could see a vision of a man who, in period costume, but he was drunk. And then we found out later on that this apparition has been spotted many times. But I'm not a psychic, but how could I see him? Wow. So do you think then that spirits almost can choose who they show themselves to? I think so, yeah. yeah. They, what they do is if they see somebody who's... It's what I've been told by mediums. They see you as like a, a light. Right. And they will, like a moth to a flame, they'll come straight to you. And they will try to talk to you or communicate with you. So what, one of the things that Bella is really frightened of, and you've said this on several podcasts, so it's not like I'm letting a big secret out here, but she's really scared of possession. Nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, they would appear to you as a child, uh, more often than not a young girl. Uh, what, really? And what they tend to do is they befriend you, so you communicate. They may be playful, so you interact with them as well. And what happens then is it latches onto your soul, and they progress, they get more aggressive, wears you down, wears your soul. And once, once the soul is worn down, it makes way then for possession. And that's when the evil spirit can take over the body. Well, that's one of my biggest, scariest, like, th- you know, something actually invading my space. <laughs> In my body, that freaks me out. So, so are they gone then? Well, I mean, your soul. No, no, you, no. You, you're both trapped inside your body. Obviously, you know, one, one's trying to fight to get out, and one's fighting to take over. Right. You know, uh, I mean, you see them in, in most glorified films. You know, Exorcist and Exorcism of Emily Rose and things like that, and so on. They they tend to use the church a lot to try and um, expel mm-hmm. the, the the evil yeah. spirit. Then, sometimes successfully. One or two occasions, un- unsuccessfully. Believe it or not, I, I have at the moment a crucifix from my neck with the St. Benedict uh, medal on it. And that's used in almost every exorcism to ward off or to try to expel the or the devil or one of the devil's um, archangels out of, the, out of the body, you know. So I, I wear that as a protection right. myself, going into the buildings or e- even just now in... in any day, you know. So do you have a ritual that you follow maybe before and after an investigation to protect yourselves? Or We have a prayer to say before and then at the end of the investigation. 
just just in in the hope that nothing follows us home. Okay, so I got a question then. Navar was saying or said to us off air that he is religious. Mm-hmm. You didn't say you're religious, so who are you saying your prayer to? I believe there is a God. Okay. I believe there is. Am I afraid that there is no God or there isn't a God? M- maybe so, but there's also an evil. I'm more afraid of that evil, so I put. I'm not a non-practicing Christian, and put it that way. So my. So, I would, so go, would you say, and this is harsh? Yeah. So I apologise, and I don't mean to. Yeah. Be, I'm not. I'm not going to be this harsh sort of interviewer. Are you? <laughs> are you a believer, as an insurance policy, for yourself and your soul, or are you a believer because you believe? I would say yes. I know. Fifty-fifty there. I've read up on a few stories where, um, for example, some, some girl in high school out in the US, um, she's going to a party with her friends. And just before leaving the house, her mother turned to her and she said, uh, may God be with you. And she turned around, the, girl, the daughter turned around and said, God can sit in the trunk. Mm. An hour later, the car got involved in an accident. Everybody perished by the trunk. The trunk was in one perfect condition. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's answer that question then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Be careful of your soul. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Mark from Newcastle says, in what ways might people interested in this subject train themselves to become more aware of or sensitive to paranormal activity? And then can people actually study a recognized qualification in paranormal phenomenon? Training to become more aware. I think the only way of that you can do that is um, uh, meditation. Don't get yourself into the zone. Open yourself up more. Expand your mind then. Other than that, those that experience regular paranormal activity become more sensitive to, to picking up on things. So I, I don't think there is a way as such to train. I mean, you could ask a medium. They could probably tell you yes or no or, or what other ways doing it. But from what, what we've looked at and, and seen is meditation and just, just experiencing things over and over. And then obviously, if you experience things on a regular basis, you can go to a building and go, oh, hang on, this this, this is similar to another experience we've had, you know. Training towards uh, a qualification. I'm currently myself doing a diploma in parapsychology. Right. It's a one-year course, consists of eight modules, and it covers everything and anything to do with the paranormal phenomena from um, ghosts, and by all accounts, if, if you're a parapsychologist or studying it, you can't call them ghosts anymore, it's apparitions. Yeah. So I must use the right terminology. Studying apparitions, poltergeist activities, to aliens, UFOs, cryptids and crypt- cryptology, even as far as, I think it's ogres, elves, even unicorns involved really? in this study. Uh, like I said, it's a one-year course. When you just started, well, a week and a half ago. The course itself, it's, um, it's an online course, um, eight modules, and you can't move on to the next module until you've gone through the first one and done a test and been graded on it. So I think it works out as like just short of six weeks per module. Mm. Gives us plenty of time to absorb the information and then to do the, to do the test properly. No, without, I could probably do the test now, wing it. Yeah. And get past the first module. But yeah. you, know, you need to observe all, all the information there beforehand. And um, how did you find out about that? Was, is you it available to everyone? Or? It's, it's available to anyone that's interested in, in the course. Uh, there's no qualifications needed to do the course. Um, obviously, some sort of background in the paranormal or um, unexplained uh, phenomena is 
is always a help. I've seen these courses online plenty of times, but it's just a case of, do you know what, I'm going to go for it. At the end of it, you get a certificate to say you've qualified. Unfortunately, it is a recognised qualification, but not academically. Right. Yeah, I think you know? that, that's unfortunately just the nature of, of this whole yeah. thing, isn't it? And unfortunately, this is the why mainstream science doesn't get the funding to do the proper research. Right. And which is why we would all be fucked without people like you guys that are out there I mean, doing the legwork and actually putting the stuff what, in. What we do is a science because I mean, we, we go out into the field, we do the experiments, we, we take readings, recordings, we go back, we evaluate and we conclude before presenting the, the information back to whether it be the residents of the house or the, the owners of a uh, public property, you know? And presumably, if you were... And I'm not putting words in your mouth, so if, if it's not right, then tell me. And I'll ask this of you, Noel, if that's all right. Presumably, if you go into someone's house and you find conclusive evidence or whatever... Yep. What's your policy then with with sharing that information with the world? What would you What would you do? It's gotta be. You gotta have permission to do that now. So it's, it's strictly it's, confidential. It's totally, totally confidential. Yeah. This, you know, this is gonna put you in the news. This is gonna. You're gonna be a household name, Noel. I don't know your last name, Noel from Spun. You'll be forever known for this thing that you found. You'd keep it yourself. You have to. You'd have to have permission to uh, put that stuff out there. I think for everybody's safety, you've got to look at it in one or two ways. Do we do it with the permission? And even though we've had the permission, do we do it and go ahead and, and publicise what we've got? Or, hang on, they've given us permission, we can publicise, but is it going to put us and them in danger? You've got, you've got to mm. balance it out, right? I mean... Well, that, that's quite comforting, though, for someone. I'm I'm learning stuff here, and mm. I'm sure you are as well. Bella said right at the top of the show that she wasn't aware initially that people like you guys actually existed. She just thought it was something of the movies. But it's reassuring for me to think that if I did have, and we mentioned this on a podcast a long time ago, where we were talking about who would we call? Would you dial nine 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 and call the police? Yeah, you, they're going to come out. Phone. Exactly, they're going to come out and they're going to say, well. There's nothing here now. What, what the hell? And probably get you sectioned or something. Yeah. So it's comforting to know that you could look these guys up online. They could come. They could first of all set your mind at rest. You know. You know now you're not dealing with it on your own, which are, which for me yeah. would well, be a that's, massive thing. That's another issue. I mean, if there are people out there that are worried and concerned of going to someone and sounding a bit crazy or nuts, don't feel that way. I mean, get get in touch with us or a local group. Go go online. I mean, there's plenty of us. Yeah, you're not I mean, be laughed at. No, you're not going to be laughed. You're going to be taken serious. Mm. I mean, we 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 were set up in February of this year. Now we've only gone what just short on six, seven months, and we are amazed at the number of other groups out there. I mean, there's plenty of groups that they could go and see or get in touch with, and if they're genuine groups, it'll be just between you and them. They will come to you, doing the investigation. All the evidence will be kept between yourself, between themselves, and then the residents. It won't go any further than that. And I know that, you know, you've got a vetting process, if you like, we where have. you will make sure, first of all, that the person is, you know, you're not dealing with someone who's mentally vulnerable or something like that. You're dealing with someone who is of sound mind yeah. to to actually deal with this. And I suppose if you came across someone who, who wasn't, then obviously you would try and maybe get Mind or one of those other organisations involved and say, you know, maybe oh, this yeah. person I mean, if, needs if a bit we, of help. If we come across something or we thought, for example, if, if, if neglect or abuse or anything like that was involved... We do our investigation, 
only would we investigate, then we'd also observe the residents or whatnot. I mean, if we feel something untoward afterwards, then we'd say, look, guys, we're going to have to report this to another authority, you know? Mm. So then that's, that's taken care of as well. Right. Can you tell us about an investigation that you've done? We can do, yes. Obviously, um, going back to your previous discussion earlier, we cannot discuss or disclose any information about investigations that were having proper permissions from the residents or the investigators. On this particular occasion, we have had those permissions, hence the, the footage on our social media sites. What I can't disclose, though, is the actual address and the residents' names, also to keep um, prevent the sideshow, basically. Like you can't tell anybody where we live. <laughs> mm, no, it took us about five light years to get you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this investigation is our first one that we we did as a group. It was a private residence down in Barry. Um, that's all you get from me for uh, as a location. It involved a child that was seeing apparitions. We had footage sent in from the, from the parents. Um, obviously, they had a camera set up in, in a certain room of the house where the child was. They sent three or four videos through to us, and multiple orbs appearing. Some were come from a certain corner of the room continuously. Others are manifesting out from the floor itself. And the, these orbs well, varied. Sorry, sorry, the orbs are coming up out of the out floor. Out of the floor, centre of, of the floor. And um, what sort of flooring did they have? Was it? It, it was your, your, your bog standard floor. Was it carpet or wood flooring? Or? It's like wood, isn't no, it? No, it was your floorboards with carpet on top. And the, the, these things just manifest out of nowhere. And they were translucent, some were solid, bright light, all shapes and sizes, some are pulsating. Can you see them with the naked eye? Not to the naked eye, no. So we thought, okay, this is, this is very interesting, you know. Noel first off thought it could be dust in the room. That's yeah, what, that's what I was thinking when you said it was coming up out of the floor. And yeah. I was thinking, was it carpet and, and was it dust coming up from the carpet? Well, one, one of the first things you did, wasn't it, was a dust test. Yeah, so I went upstairs by the camera and I rubbed my finger across the top of a TV and there was dust on top of it. So I flicked it in front of the camera and that should have picked up the as orbs. Nothing. Right. Okay. So the theory is. So you're you... trying to debunk yourself, basically, as you're going through it. Yeah. You're you're yeah. Yeah. debunking your own findings. Yeah. The theory Actually. is, if you've got the flashlight or torch, turn it on, point it up, you should be able to see the dust yeah. in the beam of light. Obviously, no one wasn't getting that. Right. So while while teaming up to do that, uh, we were taking base readings, the EMF meter, getting temperatures and whatnot. We didn't get a chance to do the pre-investigation interview because the nature of the, the investigation with the child being involved. So we did that there and then. How old was the child, if you don't mind me asking? Under the age of four. Okay, so youngster then, really so young. So okay. really young. I mean, children are, are very sensitive anyway themselves mm. to picking up on things and seeing things. I mean, to, to them, because they're still innocent, mm. th- they don't know what is or what isn't. So to them, seeing something, to them, it's it's another person. It's real. Yeah, it, 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 it's real. So... I mean, that was one of the footages we had, was the orbs. Another one, the child was playing, as all children do, and all of a sudden, something gets attention, he just stops sudden. He turns around, and he's looking at a certain area of the room, and he falls backwards, and I don't know whether there's a push backwards or that he just lost balance, but it, it looked like something could have pushed him backwards. So, I mean, from, from the footage, enough to cause concern, so we, we arranged a date and time with the homeowners, Went there, did our base readings, did our, all our basic tests, 
And from there on, we, we just carried out the investigation. We used the uh, camera that was set up in the room, which was connected to the computer downstairs. Um, the downstairs area was used as a, as a base for us. So we could see all, all everything was going on in this certain room. We could view on the telly downstairs, on, on the computer. So if we were to walk into that room, obviously show us walking in. And the most bizarre thing was, as soon as somebody used to leave that room and pull a door behind them, an orb would shoot after them towards the door as well. Oh. Now, well, that's interesting because when you shut a door, yeah. the air is actually pushing away from the door because yeah. the, the you forced the air into the room by closing the door. And, yeah, no matter who and it was. the orb was coming against that. It's coming towards the door. And no matter who it was, it was myself, Noel, Skinner, or even the residents themselves would come to the door, an orb would shoot after them. And it was, um, if I remember correctly, it's a solid bright light orb as well. So it, it wasn't something that was destined. It, it, was, it was intelligent in its movement. It was shooting right. across towards the door. So the best one was, as I was going through the interview downstairs, Noel and Skinner were upstairs in the bedroom. Um, the only issue we had was that obviously the child was present, so we were limited to what we could do yeah. in regards to noise. But Skinner was sat... Skinner's one of your group. Yeah, he's not here today. He's, it's his child's birthday, so he's right. doing daddy duties. Happy birthday. <laughs> yes. He was sat on the floor. He had his torch, which he was rolling back and forth, minding his own business. He had his um, digital voice recorder with him as well. And he just sat there, and we, we could see him on the camera, on the telly downstairs. So whilst I was going through the interview with the residents, just glanced at the telly, and also I could see from his chest this orb just come out of his chest big, bright light pulsating away. So I just grabbed the talkie, the walkie-talkie. This is out of Skinner's chest? Out of his chest. So I grabbed the walkie-talkie and I said, and, because Andrew is his name, I said, and. I said, don't mean to alarm you, but I said, a great big fuck-off orb just come out of your chest. <laughs> and his facial expression, he just looked at the camera and went, give one of those looks as if to say, no way. <laughs> no way. Jeez. So, I mean, th- th- that was one minute bit of evidence that we, that we caught. I mean, we couldn't explain that for it to come out of his chest. Yeah. I mean, we asked him, how, how, how are you feeling and whatnot? He didn't feel any different to how he did, you know? Another one was, I had the EMF meter on the back of the sofa. It was still on. So I was going through the interview with, with the residents. And, call it coincidence, but as Skinner came out of the bedroom and closed the door, the EMF meter went off. And we think, oh, that's a bit strange. He's come out of the bedroom, the EMF meter's just sounded, mm. he's picked up a recording, what could that be? But we debunked that as one of the residents actually had a mobile phone in the hand. And right. what they did was they leant back in the sofa and they got a bit too close to the EMF meter. Right, and okay. they picked it up. So we were able to debunk that bit of evidence Good. there. Good, Well, this, is, this to me, shows you as a credible group yeah. because there, there are loads of groups out there that would immediately have said, oh, this is, you know, there's a demon present, you know, and all the rest of it because, but, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're, you're looking at it logically. And another thing that we found that we had to turn off in the end was a walkie-talkies. Again, as soon as you, you were pressing that on, it was setting off the EMF meters yeah, again. Yeah. So we did a test. We asked one of the residents, do us a favour, can you hold the EMF meter, go to the front door of the house? I'm going to press in the walkie-talkie. Pressed it, nothing. Okay, take two steps forward. And obviously, the closer they got, we do the test with the walkie-talkie, how close they got to mm-hmm. see the radius, where, where they need to be before it sets off. Mm-hmm. And in the end, we said, look, made a decision. We're going to put the walkie-talkies down, forget those, because it's interfering with, with potential evidence. Yeah, yeah. 
we've taken photos with a digital camera with a prolonged uh, exposure. Uh, didn't get any evidence of that. I mean, at the end of the night, we, we, we come away there, the three of us, uh, me, Skinder and Noel. Obviously, Sheldon couldn't make it. He was stuck out of work. We come from there thinking it's one of those where we haven't caught any bit of evidence whatsoever. But um, upon reviewing footage, I mean, audio, we didn't collect any audio with the digital voice recorder, but we picked up evidence on, on the camcorders. Okay. So, I mean, we positioned the camcorder in one corner of the room facing towards the residence camera. Didn't pick up anything of that, um, nothing whatsoever. So we moved it onto the landing, the top of the stairs facing towards the door of this, of this room that was had the supposed apparitions. The child's room, yeah. is it? So we had the door. We asked them, can we, can we leave the door jar? Obviously, they had a child gate there just in case the child walks. He can cause harm to himself down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So we left the door ajar a slight bit just in case we managed to catch anything, whether it be a shard door or anything, just cross that small gap across the bedroom door. After about three minutes recording, nothing whatsoever. But on the banister of the landing, there's a duvet draped over it. Now, you could hear all of us downstairs, the three investigators and the parents, talking in, in deep discussion downstairs. Now, something brushes past the banister and causes the duvet to move. Now, we have no explanation for that. There's no draft because there's no windows or doors anywhere that's emitting a breeze. Right. And we're all downstairs. So what's caused that to move? Now, we also picked up, just before that movement, an orb shoot from the top right of the camera screen across the centre bottom. Now, the orb happened first before the movement of the duvet. So we, we can't explain that other than something's made, made that happen. Is it an entity? We don't know, possibly, because we're all downstairs. There's mm. no breeze. The other bit of evidence we caught, which is quite big for us, was the actual duvet movement in the child's bedroom. Both cameras recording. Uh, we moved ours from the landing now to go side by side of the residence camera. So, so you're debunking their camera at the same yeah, time? So we, basically, yes. Yeah, so we get now two images, mm. two identical images, two different cameras. One was set, the focus was set further out. The other one was more focused in on, on the bed area. Our camera picked up an orb. Is this, sorry, is this while the child was sleeping? The child was present at all times. which okay. it, it did make things a little bit difficult, but we managed to work around it. Yeah. So we kept as quiet as we could. Yeah. Um, what's good about this bit of evidence was having the child there, believe it or not. An orb had fallen from top of the bedroom window, about halfway down on our, on our camera, and then goes off towards the left of the room. It, it was quite translucent, but we were able to see the orb. Now, the best thing about this is nine seconds after that, or, or sorry, during the orb falling, the child is quite restless in bed. And you can see him moving, wriggling, and we thought, okay, maybe this orb is having some sort of impact on him being restless. He stops moving. He's obviously gone back to sleep. And then all of a sudden you see a compression on the duvet, the side of the duvet. Now I've gone over this over and over at least a hundred times thinking, is the child being restless? Him being restless has caused this duvet to move. And this is visible on both cameras? Yes, this is on both cameras. And we, we've had people say, oh, it's the child's arm. But you've looked and the child's arm is nowhere near it. And throughout this whole movement, the duvet hasn't moved in this area once. Well, as well, sorry, 
if if it's a depression in the duvet, it's being pressed down. It's being pulled down. The kid's arm, if it moves over an area, is going to raise it up. Yeah, and it's clear as day to see. It's either a tug, a pull, or a compression. To me, it looks like someone's knelt down by the side of the bed, and if they've gone to lean over to check on the child... Mm. Jeez, yeah. that's frightening, isn't it? With that as well, then, the, the camera picked up the movement as well. Because our camera was so focused in on the bed, what we didn't catch was the orb that shot out of the bed afterwards. So there's a compression. Sorry, an orb first, then a compression. And just after the compression, a bright, light orb, big, comes shooting out the foot of the bed as well and disappears. From that investigation, obviously, the, the residents have been in touch. Activity has increased a little there so they'd like us to go back out okay. to investigate again, which we are more than happy to do but on this occasion we can take a new approach we've got new equipment we can ask that the child is not present uh, one one reason is we can go about doing our things without having the, the thought in the back of our minds that we might make wake the child up mm-hmm. and the other is maybe this presence that's there maybe the child's a catalyst we don't know so take him out of the equation. I was going to ask you, because obviously if this depression is happening in the child's yeah. bed while all of you guys are downstairs, then is it attached in some way to the child? So, so you risk, really, if you're taking the child out of the equation, you risk going there and, and nothing happening nothing at happening. all. Because do, you, do you know what? Ghost hunting or, or, or paranormal research is a lot like that. We go there with an open mind, not, not expecting to find anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of ten... You could come away from investigations empty-handed. Yeah. And then the one time you get an abundance of things. So we're going to take, take the child out of the equation, investigate their own way, see what happens. One of the parents believes it's a deceased relative that's looking after them. Yeah. Well, that would be a comforting thing. Yeah, exactly. No, you wouldn't care that. I mean, fr- from our first findings... That's what they believe is, is is a relative that's looking after them. From the compression on the bed, it does make sense that somebody is there peering over. I mean, yeah. hang on, there's, there's three guys in here, strangers. Yeah. You know, going about with uh, electronic gadgets that they've not seen before. Yeah. So once we leave the room, maybe they're just checking up on the child. Yeah. So Which is a fair point. So we've come away and gone back to them with, with that, that conclusion. Yes, there's something there. Yes, it's non-harmful. If you believe it's it's a relative, then we are not going to stop you believing that. And as as you can see, no, nothing untowards come of it. Noel, if I ask you this question, there's been nothing that's happened so far as there that would lead you to think that this is in some way malevolent towards a child. No, I don't think so. No, it's it's quite peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, but like I say, we'll take the child out of the equation and see what happens. We might find something. Might not. I suppose. In a way, even if you come away having found nothing, then you really have found something by doing that, in that you now know that it is linked to the child. And what if, if the child does stay with a relative or someone, maybe grandparents or something, would what if the apparition actually goes with the child? Is that something that could potentially... something that could happen. Um, It's possible, yeah. Or it could stay in the the building. Like I say, we don't know. It's, um, it's 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 an odd one. Or, well, not an odd one. It's it's theoretically yes, it could attach itself to the child and follow wherever it goes, or the child's gone. Hang on, I'm going to stay behind now and see what's going on here, just in case. Yeah. I have, did you listen to the podcast where I was talking about the fact that my mom comes in dreams to me and she'll, you know, be wearing the same thing. Yes. And there's a very different. 
you know, when she's wearing this one particular thing, she will show me something or try to tell me something. Or I had a conversation with her the first dream. And then I can have dreams about her that I know were just... I had a dream one time that she was in a drug house. I know she wasn't. Do you know? And I could tell because she wasn't... She didn't look the same as she did in these other she's types of dreams. She's a warn you of things as well as she... And she shows me things sometimes and... You know, it's almost like a warning. Well, it is yeah. generally a warning. Why do you think, you can answer this as well, Noel, why do you think that some people, well, I don't mean that some spirits or ghosts or whatever show up as an orb or, you know, some sort of manifestation and then you also have where they'll be in the dream? What's the difference? Do you know, have any idea or thoughts about why it could be? Regards to orbs, spirits don't have bodies, they're just energy. It's believed they appear as an orb, which is invisible to a naked eye. Um, they can appear as a full apparition. We still don't know if they're, you know, these apparitions are intelligent or they're just a, a recording of the past. For dreams, I'm really not sure on that one. Apparently when you sleep, your mind is working differently. Yeah. So you, they can contact you through dreams. I'm a firm believer in the fact that I think that we actually scupper people's supernatural abilities, if you like, as we get older, by constantly telling them, no, that doesn't exist. No, that's not real. Yeah. And I think that you almost, you create these filters inside people, which as children, they haven't got. Because as a child, anything's possible. Which is what you were saying earlier. We call it well, the veil. You see, as soon as the, a child becomes of a certain age where they can depict uh, from right and wrong, things yeah. like that, and, well, and also when they have to talk, um, that veil comes down. Whatever has happened in their previous existence, they can't remember. And this is why, at a certain time, like, uh, like animals and, and bad children uh, under a certain age, they're so easy to, they can see things because they're a state of innocence, as uh, Drew said. But with dream, because they can have such an influence, uh, just being in the, in the room with us, they can have uh, influences on our moods and things like that, you see. So um, with dreams, they, they, there's a very good way of sending like messages. That's true, actually, because if your mum actually appeared to you in the room, it may freak you out. But she can appear to you in a dream and you can deal with that. Because do you, you ever think, you know, when you fall asleep and then you wake up and you've only, you feel like you've only slept for a few seconds, it's that time where we don't really have control it's it's everything's on automatic yeah you see so our bodies are, sl are sleeping but our mind eh, because it's so connected it's connected to our spirit that that is still working overtime that point where when you dream you are more subtle to influences and things like that um why they say when you when you want to learn something the best way is to put headphones on when you're sleeping, yeah, and it, it's also it's in the subconscious mode. There's many good books about that. So this is how easy you can actually get the messages. It's, yeah, yeah I can, that makes sense. It's the best really. way. Really. It's, it's believed that like psychic mediums, that's how they get their their mind states to work, and they can train their minds and other people if if you're open to it, to learn how to see and communicate with spirits. But there's a lot of fakes out there too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, I've and, met and quite a few. I keep on saying it, and I'm not here to provide a sales pitch for you. You're not paying me for this. I've got nothing to gain out of this, but I'm just saying it how I see it. And that is that you guys have come in credible, in my opinion, because you're not there saying, 
we'll fix everything for you. We're going to make everything right. We're going to trap the ghost and take it to our storage unit and all the rest of it, you know, <laughs> and we're not going to charge you a couple of hundred quid for doing so. You're saying, we've got this equipment. We're looking to get more. So we're going to, we're going to continue the journey, if you like, but we're going to work with you, the client, to try and find out what this is and try and find out a way forward. And I think that that, to be honest with you, from my opinion, having watched a load of these TV programs where it just seems like it's all about the the hype and the, the sensationalism and, and, and the money and all of a sudden it's become cool to to be this ghost hunter when really you guys are quite happy to sit here and say, you know, we may go to this next investigation at this place that you've been talking about and we're happy to come away with nothing whatsoever but we know the kid is safe because we've taken the kid out of the equation and we're here to to almost make the parents, I guess, of that child feel a little bit more reassured that they're not dealing with this alone. Yes, exactly. You know? So exactly. you said to me in your bio, and this is something that I, I said to you, Drew, but you said to me prior that you're looking eventually, your end goal would be maybe to have a credible TV show, maybe which you guys are, are involved in whereby you'd actually be showing this from a perspective of how it really happens. Yes. You know, what really goes on. And really open all of our eyes to to the real the real life of a ghost hunter, if you like. Yeah, exactly. That would be the goal one day. I mean, like I said, there's so many TV programmes out there at the moment. Some are doing good. Some are doing terrible things for the a paranormal investigator. I mean, you mentioned one earlier. I said I don't want to mention the the TV show. No, I, I won't mention <laughs> Most Haunted again. You're not going to mention Most Haunted, are you? No. Where where no, everything no. appears off camera, yeah. and, and and the thing is caught. I mean, poor cameraman Dave. He must have really bad knuckles tapping all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the goal. Maybe one day, somewhere in the future, is having a credible TV show. I mean, it's going to be a long journey to get there. Or even a book. Maybe a book. Maybe that could be something easier than a TV show. But I mean, we, we're not there to make sideshows out of anyone that we, that we go to. I mean, like I said, at, at the end of the day, we're there to do scientific research, put minds at ease if we can. I mean, if, if it's something that's beyond us, then we'll go down the right route, get the right help. Which, what kind of help? I mean, if, if, some, if something's there that shouts out demonic or need, needs a blessing or, or something like that. We'd go find a medium that deals with blessings. We, we'll ask them to attend the property to conduct that. I mean, if it's something far worse than that, then obviously we've documented it, we've got credible evidence, then we can go to the local clergy and say, look, this is what's happening, we have the evidence there, can you please help us out? And then going down the right path, so hopefully we can all find peace at the end of the day and move forward. Do you have anybody sort of, not on call, but on your books. Yeah. ready who who would... We have a medium, don't we, Noel? That's... We do have a medium, yes. Very experienced. I've been with her many times on house clearances, mainly due to damage done by Ouija boards. People playing, thinking it's I a game. I noticed in your bio, you know, you guys say that Ouija boards are a real no-no. Very, very dangerous. Absolutely very dangerous. hit them. Yeah. We did we did a show on Ouija boards and we did one online. There's an online Ouija board that you can do, 
And even though it no, was no, no, online... No, 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 Hold on no, 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 I'm, I'm going to explain This it. part of we did not um, do the Ouija board. <laughs> okay. Well, I, was just, I was just getting on to that. It was the fact that you can do this Ouija board online. And the minute I said, because I didn't tell you prior, did I? I no. just, in the middle of the podcast, I already had it queued up. And I said, Ooh, a game. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this now. And she immediately, if you could have seen her, she usually sits where you're sitting, Drew. So we're usually sat facing each other when we do this podcast. The minute we put, I put that on the screen she moved back and she was like i'm not i'm not doing this i'm not involved in this uh and i think it does have give have that fear doesn't it but you guys say there's something to it there's oh it's, yes. it, it's opens a doorway even though you're calling for a certain individual it's not something that it's you're not necessarily that individual that's going to come it, through yeah, yeah I, something imitating mm. someone you think you might know yeah you were saying earlier that an apparition this may have been off air so i apologize if listener is doesn't get this but we were talking earlier about the fact that sometimes if it's a Demonic possession presence. they'll try and gain your trust initially and they'll do that by becoming maybe a, a child a, a young Trying girl or something yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying with a Ouija board they'll do a similar sort of thing they'll come in and try and trick you into thinking that they're a loved one or something yeah that's correct yeah that's yeah. creepy I, I had a not Nice experience. We we don't condone the use of Ouija boards whatsoever. I mean, it it could be in a sense just a fun game. Yeah, these youngsters are playing with fire when they do dares, things like that. But there are ghost hunters that use these sometimes. I've seen, yeah. And it's just, I I mean, even I wouldn't do that. I'm quite open-minded. I wouldn't necessarily do a Ouija board. But there's no way if I was trying to do an investigation at someone's house, I would take a chance with something like that and then invite something else in. What about spirit box? What have you guys, have you guys had or used a spirit box or anything like that? Um, no, got much experience with them, but I'm not convinced on them because oh. they sweep radio That's channels and they just pick up random words. Yeah, the idea being that it takes a lot less energy and if a spirit is energy, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because you're the guys that know, not me, but... If a spirit is energy, it takes less energy for a spirit to manipulate a radio frequency that's already in transit to create a sound than it is for them to to produce their own. Is that correct? Yeah. And so I think the early spirit boxes used to sweep very, very quickly, so it almost stopped that chance of, mm. of being able to pick up a stray word but i think the ones like you said these days they tend to hold on a frequency for a bit longer yeah our next investigation we're taking one along and we're going to see what happens have you ever stuck a camera in front of a tv with white noise on it i haven't no no i remember watching something years and years and years ago before all of this became hyped and there's it plays on the same idea of this spirit box in that if you get a video camera and you get a TV with the snowy sort of background. Do they even have those channels anymore? Well, no, you could still, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But the idea was that, again, you, a spirit would manipulate that white noise being created to to be able to uh, do a sound. And sometimes you'd see images, and sometimes you would hear sound. I don't know whether they still did that. I don't know. The only thing with the spirit box, because my verdict is out... I'm like sitting on the fence a minute. Yes, you could have false uh, words come through where it's picked up um, a word off a radio channel or off a frequency. But then again, is when you're actually communicating, asking questions and getting intelligent answers back. Mm. So it's it's neither here or there. I mean, for myself personally, what I've thought of doing, 
on the next investigation or a future investigation is just getting something on one frequency just producing white noise. Yeah. No, it's not sweeping, just white noise. And if something comes through that, then, then we can say, yeah, do you know what? There's nothing interfering with that. Mm. How is it, though, if you think about it, right? How can a spirit go oh that's i know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna use that white noise and i'm gonna do, do you know what i mean like or do you sort of explain i think it's just energy is, more than anything it's, what's that it's energy more than anything it's using that energy i mean i mean the, no but if you're talking to someone before tv say you've got this spirit that lived before tv like in 1800s or something they don't have a clue what that oh, is no. Well, may, maybe that person then from the 1800s, for example, um, if he was this room for now, if there's a chap in a white tall hat stood there, he, he could be talking as far as we know, but we can't do it to the, to the naked ear, look. But once you've got that white noise or some recording, it might pick up on that chap talking. So, so they so don't have to know. Naturally no. that's affecting... No, no. Yeah. Right. Well, you've got to think that um, they... Even though they might have probably died in the 1800s or 1400s, whenever, where they are is not what we think. You see, we think they'd be still stuck in that old day. They don't even know what a car is. They don't know. You'd be surprised how much they actually do know. They're watch- if they're watching over you like a guardian angel type thing, I guess they're picking up on things uh, every yeah. day, aren't they? It depends then. See, that's where yeah. you're going back to different types of hauntings. You've got residual who are completely unaware of the surroundings. They continue the same path day in, day out. Then you've got your intelligent hauntings, which oh, are aware right. of surroundings. Yeah, okay. I've got a thank you to give. The first thank you is, is to Andrew Morgan from Somerset who has sent a lot of the questions that we've been bombarding you with. So, first of all, thank you, uh, Andy, for sending that in. Thank you also to Wayne from Cambran and also Mark from Newcastle for sending your questions. Really do appreciate it. Before we say goodbye to you guys, is there anything else that you want to share or anything that you want to tell us or any messages that you want to get across before we go on to the contact details for you? Well, I just want to quick uh, um, strongly recommend uh, for those of your UFO listeners deal with that uh, sort of thing. There is a documentary by Dr. Stephen Greer to... Well, watch unacknowledged. Um, it's definitely a very, very fascinating watch, and uh, it will debunk and also explain a lot of the truth. Then. Say like shows like that, or or even discussions like that, where you would go, okay, well, you give both sides. I think that's a reality. Isn't one sided, is it? No, you know, there's always two sides going on. So yeah, so I just uh, very uh, strongly recommend to watch that. Okay, lovely. Guys, anything that you want to share? Or? Yes, please do not mess with Ouija boards. <laughs> okay. Really? No. Sound, <laughs> sound advice there. Okay. Drew? If you're interested in the paranormal or any sort of unexplained phenomena, I mean, you, you don't need qualifications. Anything got to get involved or start. I mean, all it takes is a torch, a notepad and a pen, and you can just sit in a dark room and document things down. But if you are looking to set up a group uh, or become an investigator, become a part of a group, make sure there's numbers of you. So if you do go investigations, if you get in, into any sort of trouble, then you've got somebody to hand that can go and get help if need be. I wouldn't want to make that call, though, would you? No, no. but <laughs> it, it, just, just, just be mindful that when you do go on potential investigations, be mindful of others. Yeah. Uh, they could cause more damage than good. So you've just got to be very respectful and mindful excellent thank you very much well guys i really do appreciate you being here with us today uh thank you for traveling all the way here to you know five light years as you mentioned earlier (laughs) 
a lot of people think we're on planet, but we are actually off planet. Most of that will have already, or most people would have already got that by listening to Bella. Hey. But um, uh, guys, where can everybody else learn about you or get in touch with you if they need to? Right, we have got our own website. It is spun.org.uk. www.spun.org.uk. Yeah, correct, that's okay. our website there. It's changing by, well, I wouldn't say by the day, but by weekly. There'll be new content going on there, content being removed. Other than that, you can follow us on Instagram and that is at Spun Paranormal. Again, Twitter, exactly the same, at Spun Paranormal. We're also on Facebook. You can find us there and the Spun Paranormal group, I think. And we're also on LinkedIn, but don't ask me that one. Right, okay, brilliant. So there's no excuse for people not being able to get in touch with you then? Mm -hmm. No, we are there. And there's a couple of guys within your group that haven't been here today. So do you want to give them a quick shout out a minute? Yeah, there's uh, Andy Skinner. He's our tech guy. And our other, and yeah, our other ufology guy and conspiracy theorist and and does everything else. Um, he's away. It's his uh, child's birthday, so happy birthday to the little one there. The other chap is Bob. He's our new team member, team number five. He started us about a week and a half ago. So he will be on our first investigation, uh, sorry, our second investigation, which takes place in the second week of July. I shan't say what date or where, just in case we get some groupies following us. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> the up for that. So we're look, looking forward to that one. Um, more team members, new equipment, and yes, we have got to go back to the private residence as well, so things are looking up and quite a busy month next month. Excellent. Well, um, so, yeah, if, if there's anyone that is experiencing anything like that in the area... Be sure to contact us. And you operate in South Wales and the southwest of England. South right? Wales and southwest of England, yes. So if they're experiencing anything like that or want some answers, or we'll do our best to reassure them. Yeah. So any organisations or private residents don't feel that you'd be singled out as mm. um, as nutcases because you won't get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us by any of the social medias or go onto our website. There's a section there for contact us. Just type in an email and we'll uh, get back to you as soon as we can. And you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. I think that's I think that's a good sentiment to end on there, yeah. isn't it? But I'm sure some people probably would want to be alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, tell they me don't about it. necessarily <laughs> want that company. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you very much for tuning in this time to the Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories podcast. Please do tune in again. Please do also make sure that you like us, if you can, on whatever media stream that you listen to us on. And you can also leave a review, if you wouldn't mind. iTunes, we've got about 13 reviews on there at the minute. If you could leave a review, that would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you to you guys. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, speak again. Cheers. Bye. 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 Just an extra little bit of information I've been given from the guys from Spun since we've done the recording, so this is actually being added in post. They are currently looking for two female investigators to work with them. You don't need any specific experience, but if you've got it, then obviously that would be greatly appreciated. But if you want to contact them via their website, that's www.spun.org.uk, or indeed you can send us an email and we'll pass it on to them, and that's www.podcast.outlook.com. Thanks again to the guys. We really enjoyed our interview with them and we hope you enjoyed it too.